It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Cougars. This is your daily podcast. Focus on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the podcast. A lot to get to like normal. We're going to talk BYU football practice. Some of the news and notes coming out from BYU practice yesterday. Let you hear from some of the players and coaches that spoke. We'll also have a one-on-one conversation I had with BYU tight ends coach Steve Clark about BYU's tight ends. What are the chances that Matt Bushman leaves for a senior season? Well, Coach Clark weighs in on that as well as a number of other topics regarding his position group, both with Bushman, Moroni, Laulu, Pututau, as well as some of the young guys in the position group as well. So a lot to get to on today's show and obviously catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Today's show brought to you by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union. Love having them on board as the title sponsor of this podcast. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get it started. This is Locked on Cougars for December 17th, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. This podcast is available everywhere podcasts are to be found. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, any number of any podcatcher you can find Locked On Cougars. And make sure you download the show, subscribe, and also don't give... don't. Don't fail to give us a rating and review. We love those star reviews, particularly if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, which I know a number of you are. It really does help get the word out about the podcast. And the aim of this podcast, the aim of what I do each and every day with this podcast, is to be a one-stop shop for all of the BYU news you need to know. Also sharing you some of my insights, some of my insider information as I talk with multiple players and coaches and administrators surrounding the BYU football program, basketball program, and the BYU athletic department. Department at large. Wanted to keep you guys up to date with everything going on in the BYU Athletic Department. It's great to be with you guys each and every day. So please continue to support the podcast. Share it with your family and friends. I know this time of year there's a lot of parties going on. If you have family and friends who are big time BYU fans, well, make sure to mention, hey, there's this podcast, Locked On Cougars, that you guys should check out. And I thank you guys in advance for your support in doing that. All right, let's get started today talking about BYU football practice yesterday. I think the big news coming out of yesterday is that it's pretty clear, and it's not clear, it's, it, it is clear, it's crystal clear, who's going to start for BYU in the bowl game. Aaron Roderick spoke with the media last night. I asked the question, well, who's going to be your starting quarterback? And here was his response. Um, I've already made it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Will you tell us? <laughs> Did Kalani say he didn't know? <laughs> we no. didn't really ask him. Okay, yeah, Zach's going to start the game, and Jaron's been taking reps as the number two guy, and... And uh, Baylor's taking reps as well. He's just a little behind physically. He's not all the way there. In fact, in the San Diego State game, he we didn't say anything because we didn't want the other team to know because their pass rush was so good. But he was barely ready to play in that game physically. He, he, he was uh, struggling health-wise. And so, but he's getting a lot better. And he's, he is cleared. And, and uh, right now, Zach and Jaron are taking most of the reps. 
few cents from Zach. There you go, Aaron Roderick. So Zach Wilson is your starting quarterback. Jaron Hall will be the backup, and Baylor Romney will be the presumed third-string quarterback in the Hawaii Bowl against the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. You heard him talk about the fact that Baylor Romney has been limited just due to his health. He's been dealing with a nagging foot injury that we have mentioned multiple times here on the podcast. It will not be 100% till he has it surgically repaired, and they're hoping to do that in the offseason. But additionally, against San Diego State, Kalani Sitake revealed last week that he was extremely sick leading up to that game. And as you heard Aaron Roderick say, he was barely cleared to play in that game against San Diego State. So pretty much fell into Zach Wilson's lap that, hey, you have to carry this team in that game. And yeah, I I get it. And the, the BYU offense struggled, obviously, scoring points in that game. But you also heard Aaron Roderick, if you guys listened to this uh, listen to this podcast in the past, he's talked about the fact that you can't just rely on the passing game or the running game to be successful on offense. And BYU very much had to rely on their passing game in that game against San Diego State because they could not run the ball effectively. And it put it all on Zach Wilson's arm. And unfortunately, that they didn't get the points, the requisite points they needed to win that game and I think it's something that sticks in their craw and Aaron Roderick talked about it yesterday about the fact that this offense it's had its moments but that game against San Diego State I think taught them a thing or two. That was the best pass rush we've seen probably since the Utah game. You know, those guys those that's a real that's a real pass rush and and they uh, you know they were press man coverage a lot and, and it was a tough that was a tough tough night. We were struggling to run the ball so anytime you become one dimensional um, you get in a, a pass fest like that. It's a tough game, and, and um, there's some plays that you know he would like to have back. But he, he threw a lot of completions in that game under some tough circumstances. I'm proud of him. I thought he competed really hard. There you go, Aaron Roderick. The best pass rush BYU faced since Utah. I made a similar comment in the aftermath of that game that I felt like San Diego State's ability to bring pressure against BYU. It was second to none outside of the University of Utah, which has three or four guys who are going to go to the NFL this coming uh, draft class. And San Diego State, credit to them in that game. But BYU now turning their attention, obviously, to Hawaii and the Hawaii Bowl. And they leave Friday for that game. We'll have one more opportunity to speak to the BYU players and coaches tomorrow following their practice at the indoor practice facility in Provo. So we'll have more conversations and more reaction for you then. But interesting week as BYU gets ready for this game because Hawaii, very much a high-powered offense. There's a lot to be done to slow these guys down. But Kairos Tonga spoke yesterday, and of course, obviously a lot of talk about him potentially leaving for the NFL. He told us yesterday, uh, multiple media members, that he will wait until after the bowl game to make his final declaration, his his final decision regarding going pro or deciding to remain um, at BYU for his senior season, similar to what Matt Bushman has made comments to of late and my indications are like I've said on this podcast over the past couple of weeks has been fluctuating back and forth but as it stands right now both players are narrowly well not narrow in terms of Kyrus Kong and not narrowly leaning he's leaning towards going pro Matt Bushman very much on the fence a 50-50 proposition at this point whether he comes back or goes and he said that he will wait until after the upcoming season after the upcoming bowl game to make his declaration but one thing that's going for Kyrus Tong 
Tonga is uh, Mitch Harper and I were interviewing him yesterday during media availability, and he did some testing this past summer, a lot of the NFL combine testing, 40-yard dashes, 10-yard splits, three-cone drills, all that stuff you guys see on the NFL Network when combine time comes around in January. Well, Kairos Tonga, if he posts the number you're about to hear him say that he ran last summer, he's going to make himself some major money. Here's Kairos Tonga talking about the work he did last summer and the testing he did. You guys had, didn't you have summer testing uh, this past summer where you guys go to like combine drills? Like mm-hmm. what did you run in the 40 if, if, or your 10 yard split? I ran a 491. Goodness gracious. So you ran a 491? <laughs> yeah. That's, if you put that type of number up again, you're you're going to get straight paid, man. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> is. I was feeling good that day, too, so it was good. If Kyrus Tonga runs a 4.91 second 40 at the NFL Combine or even just breaks the sub five second flat mark at the weight he plays at, six foot four, 330 pounds, he is going to be a top three round draft pick. Just purely on potential. I know he's an older prospect. I get all that is working against him. He served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I, all that's working against him. He's an older prospect. But just the tantalizing prospect of having a guy who is six foot four, six foot five, three hundred and thirty pounds, and runs a sub five second forty, Kairos Tonga is going to make a lot of money in the NFL draft if he's able to test that well. Obviously, if he decides to go pro following the bowl game, he'll likely not do go to school next semester and he'll spend most of his time prepping for the NFL Combine, training with professional trainers who get you ready and then peak physical condition for that NFL Combine. The Combine has been dubbed the Underwear Olympics. It absolutely is that. These guys are showing off skills like a 40-yard dash. They don't necessarily translate to the football field per se for Kairos Tonga, but if he runs a 4.91 second 40 and that 10 seconds the 10-yard split so the 40 yards in the first 10 yards if you run a good 10 yard split which is what most coaches look guy if you if you can make have that burst for 10 yards then okay you got the you got the explosiveness we're looking for if Kairos Tonga runs as fast as he says he is running he's gonna he'd be dumb let's be honest dumb to not leave for the NFL after this bowl game. But, of course, we'll have it covered for you right here on your daily podcast, the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to talk with BYU tight ends coach Steve Clark. He talked a little bit about Matt Bushman's decision he has to make after the upcoming bowl game and also just about his position group as a whole. A lot of potential in that position group room, but uh, some expectations that uh, these young players, guys like Isaac Rex, uh, Carter Weed, etc., hopefully can step up and be difference makers for BYU contributors in this bowl game and on into the future. We'll talk with Steve Clark about that next. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys that Deseret First Credit Union is the title sponsor of Locked On Cougars, and we love having them on board. You guys have heard me talk about this company. They are a great company, and they're encouraging everybody right now to find out what, what's your why. What is your passion project you're looking to accomplish? Heading into 2020, obviously, we've got New Year's resolutions coming up. A lot of people like to write down goals they have for the coming year. Well, one thing Deseret First Credit Union wants you guys to to consider is refinancing your home loan, your mortgage, to save some more money and put it right back into your pocket to fund your passion project. With no cost refinance from Deseret First Credit Union, you can save for yourself potentially up to hundreds of dollars a month, guys, with no cost up front. Think about that, putting hundreds of dollars potentially right back into your pocket. 
If it's the right situation for you, Deseret First Credit Union stands ready to help you guys out. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, you've got investment properties, or simply if you're just trying to figure out what the whole process would be like. I just went through the process myself, refinancing my home loan, and I have to say I was terrified of it at first. It all went pretty smoothly, and I'm actually quite happy now that I'm saving money monthly on my mortgage, and it's a a thing I would encourage you guys to check out as well. Give Deseret First Credit Union a call, 801-456-7070. It's once again, 801-456-7070. Go to dfcu.com to apply in just five minutes or less for a refinance on your home loan or just to learn more about the process of refinancing your mortgage. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required, OAC, terms and conditions apply, equal housing lender. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, guys, as I mentioned, I had a chance to catch up with Steve Clark, BYU tight ends coach, to talk about that position group, what he expects from them, get an update on how the health of Moroni Laulu Pututau is coming along, what Coach Clark has made of guys like Matt Bushman's contributions during his time at BYU, because he's truly just been a workhorse for BYU. I know that he's been a guy who's been feast or famine, it feels like, this year. Some games getting a lot of passes thrown his way and a lot of catches. Other games just seeing nothing production-wise. But it's it's a credit to him because he's become the focal point of most defensive schemes against BYU. They're going to make sure number 89 is taken care of in their defensive scheme. And sometimes that means they're going to double and triple triple cover him to make sure that he doesn't catch passes and that gives other guys on BYU's team an opportunity well regardless of what Matt Bushman decides whether he's going to go pro after the upcoming bowl game or if he's going to come back for his senior year at some point the young bucks in the tight end group guys like Isaac Rex Carter Wheat etc they're gonna have to step up and start contributing well I had a chance to talk to Steve Clark about all of that and let's get to that conversation Steve Clark BYU tight ends coach right here on Locked on Cougars a lot of talk around Matt Bushman right now if he ultimately decided to go pro or whatever. I'm not going to ask you that question because I'm guessing you have no idea like everybody else. But I, I want... do know, but I'm not telling you. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, all right. I'm just kidding. I don't really know. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you, how, is he, how, how has he impacted your position group overall? I mean, from the for, time he got here? From the time here? he got here to where he's at Oh, now. he's... he's the he's been, He was the first, really the first one when I got here. They... they they really didn't have any tight ends. We took uh, some, like uh, Tanner Baldery, uh, who was a D lineman, and uh, you know, we got some walk-ons to come in. And Matt was really the first true tight end, even though he was a receiver in high school that came in and really kind of took us back to the old yeah. stretch tight end that, that BYU had. Um, you know when when Pitta played and George played and Harleen played and even back further I'm sure yeah that. and even back further you know that he kind of got us back into that um into that t- type of offense and then you know I think the younger guys saw him the success he had when he was an All-American as a freshman and and saw that we were kind of back in the tight end business and um he was we were able to track some other guys that wanted to you know come and, and play with him and learn from him and 
he went from being a freshman to uh, you know last few years. I mean, he was the leader in the in the in the room. He and Moroni, and they they do a great job of teaching you know little intricacies and things that they've learned, things that they pick up on. And so he's been huge, huge impact on our. He's led the team in receiving the last two years. He's on track to battle for that this season. We'll see how the bowl game obviously plays out. What does that say about a guy who's been that consistent for three straight years? Well, I think he's, you know, he's, he understands um, the offense. I think that's one thing that he does so well is he understands the offense and where he fits into the offense and, and when he's going to get open, not just where, but when. So he knows when to be patient on routes. He knows when to speed up on routes. He understands coverages. Um, and then I think he's done a great job of, and this is probably the number one thing, is, is getting the quarterbacks to trust him, that he's going to make the catch. You know, he can be covered, he still make the catch. Or he's going to make sure that, that nobody catches it if he doesn't. He hasn't been nursing Moroni along here. He just hasn't been healthy. What has his impact been, even though he hasn't been on the field as much as he would have liked to have been, and probably you guys would have liked to have been? Yeah, I mean, if we had a... If he had a red shirt, we would red shirt him, yeah. and we could use him next year. But you know, he didn't. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing he's been so unselfish. You know, he he's pushed himself as about as far as he could this year, and he only had like nine catches, but they were some big catches. And I think he showed uh, uh, everybody that w- when you're called upon, he's ready to go. That's the biggest thing that Moroni has. Uh, has uh, showed this year and his toughness of coming back he's through he's he's in a lot of pain right now and he comes out here every day if he can practice he's coaching guys up he's got a great attitude he doesn't sulk um and i think that's that's just great character by him we're gonna see at some point the shift to the younger guys taking over this position group not, not really <laughs> i love your sense of humor coach by the I way i was working on contracts <laughs> extensions last night we're going to have guys like, you're going to see Carter Wheat, you're going to see yeah. guys like Isaac Rex. We haven't seen them in large doses on the field in games this year, but they've been working on the field. What has it been like seeing those guys progress so far? So this new rule that you can play in four games and, and still redshirt mm-hmm. has helped them a ton. Now, they both have catches. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both got time. Um, you know, we, we, I put them in against Utah State, and they had no idea what they were doing. It was the uh, strangest thing. Um, and then after that, after that, that game, they kind of settled themselves down. And, and you'll see Isaac Rex. Um, Carter's nursing his uh, ankle right now, but you'll see Isaac Rex playing the bowl game. That four-game rule, I've heard from all the coaches I've talked to since that went into effect, how much of an impact it can have. And I think with return missionaries, it might even have a bigger impact. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. So, you know, they, they really have Their clock hasn't started, and they've already got some, some playing time. So we didn't have to hurry them in. Um, we could play them at spot places and, and not tax them like sometimes I think we did with return missionaries where we would, I think we did Hank, um, you know, getting him ready to go and him hurting his ACL. Um, but we didn't have, really have to do that with, with these guys. But they're, it's a really talented room. They've got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of size. They catch the ball. They run great routes. They've got to work in the, in, in the weight room, and, you know, experience is going to be you know, something that they're going to have to learn on the run. <laughs> I wanted to ask you just about this season as a whole. What have kind of been your takeaways as you just head into this bowl game? Uh, you know, uh, how good you can be and, and, and at times how bad you can be. I mean, the consistency is 
we've just got to be more consistent um, from week to week. And, you know, we, we talk about it all the time and, and trying to figure out why, you know, that we can play so well one week and not mm-hmm. the next. And, and uh, you know, that, and I don't know if we have that those answers, but that's something that we be, that we are working on and will continue to work on is, is uh, we've got to be, you know, more consistent. But it, it's been a lot of fun. We've had some great wins. Um, um, so, you know, hopefully we finish it off with one in Hawaii. Awesome. Thanks so much, Coach. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. There you go, Steve Clark, and some interesting conversations and some pieces there from him. Carter Wheat dealing with an ankle injury, but expectation is that Isaac Rex should contribute at a high level this week. He had his first career reception against UMass in that blowout win back there in Amherst earlier this season. A guy who's back off a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has been working slowly but surely back into shape, game shape, and Let's be honest, Isaac Rex has all the bloodlines to be a great tight end for BYU. Obviously, his father, Byron Rex, an All-American, just one of the legendary tight ends in BYU football history in the late 1980s, early 1990s. So he's been coached up his entire life, and he's playing a position his dad is intimately familiar with. And I think he is going to be a guy to keep an eye on going forward. But it sounds like you'll expect to see him in the bowl game against Hawaii. Moroni Laulu Pututau, you heard Coach Clark say, very much in pain, but he's out there every Every day, giving everything he's got, regardless if he's able to actually practice or just coaching on the sideline, he's doing everything he can. And it's unfortunate because it would be nice to see Moroni get a redshirt year and be able to come back and have a healthy senior year. But as it stands, his just his clock is up. The eligibility clock is running out on him. And if he gets to contribute against Hawaii, great. If not, hey, you wish him nothing but the best. And he's been nothing but a loyal soldier for the BYU football program. He's dealt with two major injuries, an ACL injury as well as a Liz Frank who have taken away, frankly, his football career in many ways, shapes, and forms. And it's unfortunate to see. But I think the biggest news news from uh, Coach Clark's conversation is him talking about what Matt Bushman has meant to this football program. You heard him say... Matt Bushman, when he arrived at BYU, got BYU back into the tight end business and not so many words. And I, I like that moniker because he talked about the fact that this is like Johnny Harleen. This is a Dennis Pitta. This is one of those guys, an Andrew George, even going back further, a Byron Rex, etc. He's one of the guys who has made BYU football what it has been for so many years. A guy who's able to contribute at an extremely high level, a guy who has been nothing but steady Eddie in terms of his contributions to the BYU football program and regardless of whatever Matt Bushman decides and you heard Coach Clark joke about the fact that I know but I'm just not going to tell you what Matt Bushman's going to do and he was just messing around he obviously doesn't know either it's Matt Bushman's decision to make and Guys like Coach Clark, Kalani Sitake, even Matt Bushman's father, Chad Lewis, will have a say in what Matt Bushman ultimately decides to do. They'll weigh in with him, give them, give him their feedback on what they're hearing and what they think. But it's Matt Bushman's decision to make. You heard Coach Clark say it's just been nice to have a guy like that in the program to really get BYU back into having a a standout tight end and be able to help recruit BYU's tight end position group because guys like Carter Wheat and Isaac Rex, they might have looked elsewhere if BYU hadn't have gotten a guy like Matt Bushman uh, in terms of the production from a tight end. I know that guys like Wheat and Rex are BYU legacy 
uh, commits, guys that BYU, uh, their fathers played for BYU. So you'd think, okay, this is probably an easy sell for these guys. But if Matt Bushman's not contributing at the level he's at, it might have been a harder sell for BYU to go into those homes of both the Rex family and the Wheat family and say, we'd like your son to come play tight end here. And the parents are saying, well, what can you offer my son in terms of production? Now they can point to a guy like Matt Bushman. I think that's a big reason why they're so thankful what Matt Bushman has contributed to this program. Regardless of this upcoming bowl game is the final game he plays in a BYU uniform or if he's back for next season playing for the Cougars, he's just been nothing but a great, great contributor to the BYU football program and a guy that I think BYU football will forever, they'll forever be thankful that he got them, as you heard Coach Clark say, get them back into the tight end business when it comes to football. All right, so there you go. Big thanks to Steve Clark for joining us here on Locked On Cougars. Exclusive conversations like that are available all the time on this podcast. I enjoy catching up with players and coaches, talking with them one-on-one, and bringing those conversations to you guys each and every day with this podcast. Coming up here in just a moment, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Another decent or big-time commit, depending on how you look at it, for BYU football. We'll talk about that. A lot to get to like normal. Reminder for you guys, if you guys are using the Spotify wrapped feature, a lot of you guys have tweeted these out where it kind of shows what you've been listening to all year long we'll do it for your locked on podcast and make sure to tag locked on cougars when you do that on social media uh on twitter in particular and we'll make sure to retweet it give you a shout out for your guys's contributions it's a blast to bring this podcast to you like i talk about all the time each and every day and if you don't mind please send us that link. Send us that Spotify wrapped with Locked On Cougars and whatever Locked On podcast you're using to listen to on Spotify. And we'll make sure to retweet them. And like I said, give you a shout out on social media. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage... The cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, guys, as we close out today's edition of the podcast, I wanted to talk for a minute about Micah Harper, the new newest commit for the BYU football program, announced his commitment on social media yesterday. And uh, some interesting comments from him when it came to revealing why he is joining BYU as a member of the 2020 recruiting class, expected to sign when the signing period opens tomorrow. And I, in, in reading some of the stuff about him, Sounds like the coaches at BYU have told him they see him as the next Diane Gonwoloku in a BYU uniform. I talked about just barely the fact that Matt Bushman got BYU back into the tight end business, or Steve Clark mentioned that to me in an interview just barely. Well, Diane Gonwoloku has been a guy who has been a great player for BYU in multiple positions. He's returned kicks, returned punts, he's played safety, he's played cornerback, he's even played the flash linebacker spots in a pinch. He has been everywhere and anywhere on the field, and he's contributed at a high level. And if BYU coaches think that Micah Harper is the next guy in that mold, well, get excited, BYU fans. I think that should be a fantastic thing. He comes from Basha High in Arizona. He is the third commit of the 2020 class from the state of Arizona for BYU, joining Dean Jones and Sitalingi Havea. And I am excited to see what Micah Harper brings to BYU. BYU beat the likes of Syracuse for his signature. He came on an official visit this past weekend and obviously loved it, ultimately deciding to commit to BYU. 
a five foot 11, 170 pound athlete. So not necessarily the biggest guy, but I would expect he probably starts out in the defensive secondary for BYU. But if he has anywhere near the level of contribution that Diane Gonwoluku has had in, in, in Diane's BYU career, you can take a massive, massive check mark and say, you know what, that was a great pickup if Michael Harper pans out that way. Watching his film, he contributes all over the field for his high school. He started at quarterback in the defensive secondary. He returned kicks. He shows great burst, great speed, great vision. So I think this is a big-time pickup for BYU football. I think they'll benefit from this, and I'm excited to see what he can do in a BYU uniform. Uh, obviously, he's excited to join the BYU football program. He mentioned to Blair Angelo from the 24-7 Sports Network that guys like Gennaro Guilford and Preston Hadley were a big reason why he picked BYU, not to mention Kalani Satake. And I think this is a solid pickup for BYU, and if he ultimately pans out in the same vein of a Diangon Wolaku, well, that's a massive recruiting win for BYU, and we'll see how it shakes out. Tomorrow, of course, opens the national early signing day window. That'll continue through Friday. The majority of the recruits will sign their national letters of intent during this three-day window. The majority of them tomorrow, you'll have a flurry of that coming out on social media. So stay tuned for it. We'll have it all covered for you here on Locked On Cougars. Probably do a special uh, recap edition once BYU has most of their signatures in hand. And obviously, make sure we have everything covered for you in that regard when it comes to the early national signing day window. Thanks again for joining us on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. It's a pleasure to be with you guys each and every day. Please continue to subscribe, rate, and review. And like I said, during this holiday season, when you're around family and friends who are fellow BYU fans, make sure to mention this podcast. Let them know that this is a daily stop where they can catch up on all the BYU sports news they need to know to be the smartest BYU fan in the room. Thanks in advance once again. Hopefully you guys are all having a great holiday season. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. This has been Locked On Cougars for December 17th. 2019 The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day